Yo, so how was prison? Uh, it wasn't as bad as you would think it was. That's um, crazy to me. I spent 18 months in prison. And so the first 12 months, I was in this place called Shutter Creek. And so just, just that kind sounds of, terrifying. It does, doesn't Shutter it? Shutter Creek? Shutter Creek. And so to give you some, some background, I was, uh, I, I was convicted of assault three. Assault three is a felony, but, um, it's a, it's considered a minimum crime. Okay. So I didn't go to a maximum security prison. Okay. So the first 30 days you're in this classification pod, they put me in this classification and you're on 23 hour lockdown. So you're in there, you get uh, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, and then 30 minutes in the afternoon. So it's, it's like, it's just shy of 23 hour lockdown. Yeah. You're, you're reading intensely, sleeping a lot, trying to process. At the end of the 30 days, they figure out where you're going to go. Are you maximum? Are you going to the loony bin or minimum? Yeah. At the end of the 30 days, they classified me as a minimum risk. I'm not somebody who's going to start a gang or incite a riot. So yeah. um, they're going to send me there. However, the place that they were sending me, it was far from where we were at. So this is in Oregon, and these okay. are different facilities in different corners of the, the state. So ours was a two-week trip. So the first week, they take you to Salem, Oregon, and then and they leave you at a maximum security prison for a, a week. Then they grab you, and they take you the rest of the Whoa. way. So my first week in real prison was at a maximum security yard. Which is um, intense. Which is what you see on the movies. Yeah. So my first you know week there, I remember they were saying, don't take anything from anybody because like – everything has a cost yeah yeah and so i'm out there and they give you like these vans to you know to, to wear uh -huh. but you can buy shoes i didn't have enough time to process or buy shoes in my first week yeah and so i'm out there playing ball and you know i'm doing good because there's basketball weights there's mini golf there's a baseball there's field golf? there's a yeah baseball? i'm gonna i'm gonna get to like there's a track and so we're out there on the yard doing these things and i was doing good at ball and this guy comes up and he goes hey I got a pair of shoes for you. And I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't want these <laughs> yeah. shoes. I know these shoes are going to yeah, cost, me. Gonna cost yeah. me. I had blisters on the bottom of my feet oh, that bro. were the size of silver dollars because I was playing like for hours in these. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do? You had nothing else. Yeah. And so I was talking to my cell and he was like, no, dude, you're okay. This guy wants nothing. Just take the shoes. And so for like the last two days, I bandaged my feet up and <laughs> had a nice pair of shoes to actually play in. But I had those those blisters uh, without without needing them, but um, I was shipped to Shutter Creek for a year. It sounds like somewhere Jeffrey Dahmer would be, bro. Shutter Creek sounds scary, and it wasn't. <laughs> okay, it, it wasn't even so. So Shutter Creek is out in the middle of nowhere, and it's actually a camp that uh, the goal there is to rehabilitate inmates, and they have a wildlife firefighting program. And so what they did—that's incredible, dude. They took us out there and they taught us how to run chainsaws, how to cut uh, trees down, um, how to dig line. We also we hunted for um, boomers, which are like a nutria and a badger uh, mix. We planted you trees. Hunting? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did wildlife or we did um, wild land tree restoration. So we would go down in places where there weren't trees and we would plant trees. So we would literally get up at seven. We'd get dressed, they'd put us in this big truck, and they would drive us two hours into the woods. And there, was, there wasn't even a guard with us. It was one forestry worker. And so they'd load us up, and we would have tasks. They gave us chainsaws. They taught us how to run chainsaws. We would cut trees. 
We did all of this stuff. And then when there were fires, they would take us out to these fires and we would work side by side with fire departments and we would fight wildland, wildland firefighters. firefighters. That's insane. So that was my first year in prison was working on work crews and learning how to do wildland firefighting. Dude, that's kind of a cool program. It was a great. So it's not at all what I thought prison would be like. There was, I think, 500 guys. Only 50 got a chance to be a part of that program. Was it like good behavior? It was good and, behavior yeah. and then like uh, just efficiency yeah. applying. I applied and discipline and consistency. I showed up, uh, you know, and I said, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make the Worked most hard of my time. It. Yeah. And so I did. So I came out a certified wildlife uh, firefighter. No I've never way. done it again <laughs> yeah. in my life. But this last six months, they put me in a, a place closer to home. So what they try to do is transition you before you go home. Got it. So I go to this place called uh, Saniam Correction Facility. It's also minimum. And when I get there, um, you ever seen The Longest Yard? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I get there, and um, there's a diverse group of individuals. And there's this big white dude, skinhead. You know, I, I literally walk in, new kid on the block. You know, I've been firefighting for the last <laughs> yeah. year. Like, have you been I at like a retreat been in, center? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been in like a real prison, but this is a real one. And I'm like, oh, man. So I carry my stuff in, and I set it down. And this big white guy, he's got to be maybe 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and covered in tattoos and he comes stomping over to my bunk and i'm just like dude i gotta fight yeah like, yeah i haven't I'm have fought to survive the entire right now. time yeah. i'm here for one minute and i've got to fight going, and he goes, i'm going home in six months dude yeah, <laughs> like, i don't want any problems yeah. and he looks me up and down and he goes you play football <laughs> and i go no he's like do you want to I was like, well, yeah. He goes, we got a game at six. He's like, I want you on my team. You look <laughs> like you could play some football. And I was like, okay. So we go to dinner. We go outside, and we have a flag football league no that's going. We've way. got 100 yards. There's referees in stripes and whistles. We have legit flags. Get out. And there's a score. This dude was recruiting me to play on his flag football team. <laughs> oh, he didn't want any smoke. He wanted me to play and help him win because they were betting like cigarettes and stuff on yeah, the yeah. games. So they were scouting the new guys who came in you gotta to join their team. You got a good pick. You got a great pick. Yeah. We, we lost in the championship. Oh, no. But uh, immediately after football, we had basketball season, which I lost in the championship. Bummer. Followed by softball, where we actually won the softball championship and got a chance to play against the guards. No, play against the guards? So my last six months was was seasons of football, basketball, softball, and we had billiards. Do they just not want you to know about this in prison? Are they like, don't want us to know it's kind of fun? Uh, <laughs> I, I think so, because you get all your meals taken care of. You got all of your, your you know, your, you got a roof over your head. You yeah. got clothes. Honestly, well, the big thing is, is they're trying to keep a bunch of bad kids occupied yeah. so that stuff doesn't get out of hand. Totally. It's and actually so, smart. They have a lot of programs. There's HVAC. There's welding. There's uh, diplomas. Uh, there's you can, you can get out and be like certified to be able to work. A right? lot of these people leave with more skills than they had going in. I actually so, love that. That's great. Rehabilitation. That's yeah. what corrections should be about. Correcting behavior totally. and rehabilitating individuals, reintegrating them into society. And so prison, I think, gets a bad rap. Prisoners get a bad rap, and I understand the recidivism rate. It's extremely high. Yeah. But there are men who go in, men and women, who do the program and actually get something out of it. They come reintegrate into society and are actually uh, a valuable part of our society. Do you feel like you were better after you left, like as a person after you left prison? No, um, no, no. 
I, and I say that because before going in, I was a successful businessman. I yeah. was an entrepreneur. I had the degrees. I went in with a lot of pride mm. and not a lot of humility. Wow. I was mad. And yeah. so I was in there uh, really trying to better myself so that I could continue to do what I was doing. Yeah. What prison did for me is it gave me a different perspective and made me more relatable to individuals. So yeah. now I have the pleasure of going into prisons and speaking That's awesome. to inmates. And so now I'm more credible because I can say, Hey, I've been here. I didn't just read about it. You know, I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that was a part of God's plan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah God's using that. That's dude. Thanks for sharing that. That's course, crazy. Course. One of my biggest fears in life. My first biggest fear is sharks. Mm. And my second is being like, uh, basically like wrongfully like charged of a crime and going to prison. Yeah. But now, honestly, it doesn't sound that bad. I like basketball and football. Well, that was Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Don't let be- that crime be in Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. California, yeah, because I heard the system is way tougher down Yeah, here. I've actually heard that, too. I got some buddies who work for the prison system, but yeah. yeah. Can I share a story with you real quick? Absolutely. We got time? Dude. Okay. Not cutting you off. Okay. We got plenty of time. So the wrongfully convicted, you don't even got to put this on there. I just want to share this. This is um, I met a guy in there who uh, he was he was making a phone call in a phone booth and he saw a guy kind of lingering around and he thought it was kind of suspicious. And so he comes out of the phone booth and the guy approaches him and he punched him, bam, as hard as he could. He knocked this guy down. He hit his head and put him in a coma. So come to find out. The guy was actually he had a, he was a handicap, mm. so he wasn't he wasn't menacing. He just was socially doing his thing. He yeah, was just yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. And so he punches him. He gets a uh, I believe it was an assault one, which carries a seven year sentence. So he goes under the measure eleven in Oregon. He goes and does his seven years. The entire time this guy is in a coma. He never comes out of the coma. He does all of his time. He gets out. He gets a job. He gets married. Uh, he, he's raising up the ranks. I think he was free for like two years or so. One day, cops pull up to his place, and they come and arrest him. The guy died out of the coma. So they took his sentence from an assault one to a manslaughter. No way. They re-arrested him, and he had to finish out the rest. A manslaughter sentence is like 13 years. So after doing his seven, getting out and doing like getting his life back together— he had to go back and finish the rest of a manslaughter conviction. Oh my god! And, and again, this wasn't this wasn't menacing. It wasn't. It was him protecting himself. Yeah, because he was he was it was it wasn't a hate crime. Totally. But the way that the everything fell and worked, he ended up killing Dude, the guy. That's awful. And so when you said that story, I have dozens of stories of of men who are in prison. Um, Many, because I, I talked to murderers, rapists, Eve, like I was there around them who deserved to be there. Yeah. But then there were a lot of men who were just 
made very poor decisions and choices in a split instance totally. that forever changed their life. My dad had, that's insane, dude. My dad told me this story when I was younger. He had, my dad's a fire chief, so mm-hmm. he had a, uh, a guy that, I can't remember if he worked for him or they worked together, um, who was a firefighter, great guy, went out to a bar with his, his uh, girlfriend one night um, with some friends, some drunk dude started messing with him. So they go outside to handle it outside, and the dude, like, like pushes him. So the firefighter pushes the guy back. The dude trips, falls, and smashes his head on a parking block and dies. And he goes to prison for manslaughter. And, like, I want to say it was almost life mm-hmm. for in prison. It was something wow. crazy long. Like, I think he's still in there. Wow. But those are, like, the stories that terrify me. Yeah. I'm like, you make one decision, it could go so badly. I'm sure that's like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie I've seen too. Yeah. Like I've heard that story. I've heard that story like a lot. Yeah. It's like, you just don't know. You just make a decision and poor decision guy slips and fall. Like, and the way my dad says it is like, he pushed the guy and then the guy like tripped and fell. Yeah. You know, like that's the story, but yeah, well, that's wild. Nonetheless, like you're, you're this far away and that's, I've talked to a lot of guys and, and, even individuals in ministry. And it's like, there's nothing, the difference between you and me is that you got caught. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are walking the streets free who have done far worse than men who are incarcerated. Totally. They just didn't get caught. Yeah. And so um, I think that it, there's a stigma around individuals who have been in prison yeah. um, that needs to be broken because totally. it's not, it, it's not the same. Now there are stereotypes and there are things that hold true, but it's not like that. And that's what opened my eyes of being there. Somebody who was successful in the world and then being in that place, I was just like, wow, this is not what I thought. Yeah. It's not what I imagined. Yeah. And it changed my perspective on, okay, these men need help. They need an advocate. They mm-hmm. need Jesus. They need all of these things. Yeah. So I mean, you're that way. You made one choice. One choice. One yeah. bad choice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, even tie back to our conversation about discipline, it's the same kind of thing. Like mm. Song of Solomon talks about um, the little foxes in your garden Yeah. and being aware of like those little foxes, like taking care of the little things that always become big things. Like That's right. um, you see a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of pastors recently make some poor decisions mm-hmm. in their how their their relationships or with women or other things like that. And some people always ask me, like, what, what do you think happened? And my thought is always, like, little foxes. Little foxes. Like, it, nothing starts big. It always starts small, like small decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, little decisions that eventually become big decisions. Right. You know, like, you don't just overnight do some of these things. No. But over time, stuff began. Like, I'm sure for you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, your one action was a lot of other small decisions you had made 100%. that allowed yourself to make that action, like other small decisions of of anger or hatred mm-hmm. or hurt in your heart. And those things mm-hmm. led to this this bigger thing that happened yeah. in your life yeah. that obviously God redeemed and did some beautiful things mm-hmm. through, but it's it's the same for everybody. Yeah. Little foxes, little always foxes. one small decision away. Little areas of compromise is what yeah. I always say, is you allow that little bit of compromise, and it's a seed. You're sowing seeds. Are they seeds of righteousness or seeds of deceit? Yeah. And so um, I believe it's just that, those little tiny compromises and decisions, and you're absolutely right. I can look back and be like, okay, over the the, the months preceding that incident, what were what was going on? Yeah. And I could see and pinpoint, oh, man, that was a red flag. Mm. That was a sign. That was left unchecked. Totally. Had I stopped it there, it might not have ever been there. Yeah, yeah. Which brings that awareness to me now that when there is a fox or something that pops up or there's uh, a lack of, com- like there's that, that compromise, it's like, ooh, 
that's got to be, we need the light of Christ to yeah. shine right here. Yeah. And that's where accountability comes in. That's totally. where oversight, that's where, hey, I need to talk. There's this popping up. I want to address it. I want to nip it in the bud totally. now so that it doesn't take root and grow into yeah. something greater. Integrity. Like integrity is huge. Oh, man. And it's something that lately, if like it's been a revelation God's been putting on my heart is like the power and the need for integrity, especially in this generation. Like mm-hmm. Proverbs ten nine says, those who walk in integrity walk securely. Come on. Or walk in safety. Right. And so you have a you have you have I don't want to say a lot, but you have some believers that slip up, or you have pastors that slip up, and I'm like, it's the lack of integrity. It's a lack of integrity. There's no safety. There's no security when you don't have integrity. You don't have mm-hmm. character, and you haven't allowed Christ to build um, off of your integrity and character. You let Him build off of your charisma and talent. Come on, and it You're leads preaching. you leads you into a life where you let the little foxes slip in. They become yeah. big foxes and. No integrity, and you're making one bad decision. Yeah, you know it's this this spiral effect that mm-hmm. really boils down to discipline, yeah, and integrity and character. It's funny you're preaching. I've, I've shared a message on exactly oh, like go. word for word. So I'm just like, it, it's crazy. Uh, I was I was sharing on coffee and prayer that it got to the point. I'm to the point where even I'm convicted about driving and i'm going to share this with you guys i got convicted about driving in the carpool lane when i didn't have anybody <laughs> and so I, I was talking to my friend about it and i was just like bro i gotta confess something he's like what and i was like to get here i was like i was low-key in the <laughs> carpool lane without anybody else and he was like that's not that big of a deal and i go but it is little fox I, I it is because if i'm going to allow compromise because that's not truthful that's not mm-hmm. honest yeah so if i'm going to allow that and start to excuse areas of compromise even that small well no it doesn't hurt anybody it's not bothering anybody i'm not slowing anybody down if i allow it even in that aspect what other areas well am i willing to allow totally and so i was you know people were laughing about it and then some were like oh i'm convicted now too because yeah. i do that too <laughs> if everyone like, confess yeah we have to like we really have to hold ourselves to a higher standard yeah which comes with the discipline and the consistency but also the integrity transparency vulnerability and we need to create an atmosphere and space where that's the norm yeah where i can talk about that and be like hey, without the fear of criticism or judgment totally. like hey i'm struggling in this area yeah i want to nip it in the bud now is anybody else what can we do let's let's squash it yeah but in being followers of jesus we've created this country club or this mindset where nobody wants to be real yeah. because they're they're scared of yeah. the judgment or the opinion of Absolutely. other people and we got to get away from that yeah, totally bro i feel like it's easy to um like be vulnerable when you don't have anything hidden. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people are like, I can't be vulnerable about driving in the carpool lane because then I have to tell everyone that I, I struggle with pornography, you know, or like, I can't like, I can't do this because I have other hidden sin here. Gotcha. Like you said, like, it's so, it's so important that we're like, Hey, let's just be open about our sin. Like, Mm -hmm. let's stop hiding things in the dark. Like, let's start being here for each other. Elise, who was just on the podcast um, before you, we had that, that was our topic. It was like religion in the church, like shame, allowing people to step in and and shine light on what the things they're going through and all those Mm -hmm. things. So it's a, it's an important thought. The other day I was at CrossFit, back to CrossFit. Oh, here we go. But it was the same thought as your, your um, carpool instance. I was doing a workout. It was an AMRAP. I know where this is. And going. my buddy Seth is whooping me because he's a monster. Yeah. And I'm like, I put the bar down. We're, I think it was like eight, 10 snatches, eight snatches. I don't remember. Mm. I put the bar down at like nine and I would go like, I'm done. And then I stopped myself and I was like, I got one more. Like, yeah. And because I had the same thought you had. Right. It was convicted in that moment. I'm like, little foxes. Mm-hmm. I was like, that. it's a very like minuscule thing to like skip out on a rep. And really the only person I'm cheating is myself exactly. to skip out on that rep. 
But I was like, that's integrity and character. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's counting my reps. My buddy Seth would never know. Mm -hmm. Like only me would know. But that's integrity. Integrity is being the same person no matter if people are looking or they're not. Exactly. And those are those little like convictions from the Holy Spirit that you're like, I got to do one more snatch. And CrossFit, (laughs) again, CrossFit, I feel like challenges you that a lot. Yeah. You know, it's that I, I meet that often totally you know, okay i'm looking over i'm trying to keep up there ahead uh, do i have to do another one ah uh, okay but nobody would know if i nobody cheat a rep know. or if i add a round or if yeah. i shave some time off you know yeah. uh, and again that keeps me accountable and totally. it's just like you know what who am i cheating i'm only yeah. getting worse i'm only cheating myself and so. that thought nobody mm. would know is really a scary thought to have it's a very scary if you start like justifying the nobody would know thought yeah. what else would nobody know about Ooh. you know it's like you have to you really have to be careful of those things because the flesh yeah. would love for nobody to know oh, come on you know it's like yeah. the flesh is like yeah nobody's yeah, gotta nobody's know nobody's gotta know it's just you and me but i'm like i'm a temple oh, of the God, holy ghost man. you know like i like i got the holy spirit inside of me mm-hmm. who's going yeah i'll know i'll know <laughs> you don't, know? Do don't do it don't do it don't do it you gotta have the don't you gotta be it. okay with those convictions yeah yeah crossfit every day i want to cheat yeah <laughs> <laughs> I want the pain to be yeah, gone, bro. Because like, I'm in pain. Done. It hurts. That's why we talk about it so much. Though I always say this. I'm like, the reason CrossFitters talk about CrossFit is because we're survivors. <laughs> and when you survive something, you got to tell somebody about it. Every day I'm surviving. Every day I'm surviving, bro. I survived today. Uh, you have yet to go today, have you? I, I don't think I can make it today. Oh, okay. I'm in the studio okay. all day. Gotcha. I went this morning. Did you? I'm a survivor. What was your workout? Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.